0: Mic check, Mike check. more Masters podcast, Jose Main of course. Across me, I got a special guest, Miss Danny Parks. How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: doing good. I'm doing good. Nice to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Have you ever done one before? How many podcasts have you done?
1: I've done about, let me see, probably three. Three or four podcasts. Okay. By now. You
0: feel comfortable doing them?
1: Yeah. Of I course. know it's a new
0: thing. Um, <laughs> when I pro- when I started doing podcasts, when I first first started, mm-hmm. um, people didn't know what it was. You had to explain them what it was. Yeah. Now everybody know kind of the gist of it. Um, it changed over the time. Before it was audio file. Now it's like you got to do video. Got to yep. do snippets. Got to do teasers. So it's like it's a lot more to it. It definitely done evolved. But um, that's,
1: that's why I was thinking like it it has definitely evolved from just the audio to now right. Video. I, I miss
0: just audio because it's so mm-hmm. easy I could do I could do pocket every day With video though you gotta take it home you gotta mm-hmm. try to edit it light it up then you know people gotta look a certain way Right. I did, it, did podcasts pockets in pajamas people don't have you know whatever they wanna have on mm-hmm. you gotta make sure they write and so definitely setting up and scheduling is definitely different now than when I first first started but um, I've been able to adapt so it's all good
1: oh yeah
0: Um. so how, how you normally start this Um. so just tell me tell me the audience people in the room whoever um, mm-hmm. a little bit about yourself and know where you're from and your upbringing
1: okay well my name is danny parks i am from i live in augusta georgia um i tell people i'm pretty much from it's like a a between germany and georgia i'm a military child so half of my life was spent in germany especially the latter part the beginning and the latter part then like middle school was in the states uh, georgia colorado and then back to germany so okay yeah and then i'm also um a veteran um i'm a brow artist i'm a cosmetic and paramedical tattoo artist and i also have a company called i3 brand coaching and management
0: when you say veteran you were in the military as well yes oh wow okay what branch were you in
1: i was in the army
0: oh, what made you join
1: um what made me join pretty much to get out of the house i had sad story but i had got accepted into um full cell in florida but i I couldn't pay for it or anything like that so i decided to go Mm. into the army my first choice was marines but then my brother kind of talked me into at least if he was like (laughs) if if not the air force then just go in the army you know don't do something so so crazy like marines
0: (laughs) no i definitely i definitely understand that so uh moving around a lot do you think that helped you in life like not being in specifically like one area all your life just having to move around
1: it did help me a lot, especially when it came to making friends. Um, I can go and network and make friends pretty much with anyone. Um, moving around a lot, you kind of adapt to that. If you, if you want to be a loner, then you don't adapt to the moving. But if right. you want to adapt, it's good to just get out there and just be yourself. How do
0: you, how do you like Augusta? Like, and, and I know you, you, you told me you went a couple places. that you come here based on military, like the branch, where you like migrated here through military or just yes. you found
1: it? Yes, I actually um, chose this particular duty station because it was close to my parents. I don't want to. I'm one of those people like, I want you to be close, but not close enough. I'm two <laughs> hours away, so you can't just you know, like pop up. <laughs> you didn't pop up two hours away. <laughs> so, um, my dad was actually in the military at Fort at Fort Stewart, so this was the closest base to him.
0: Um. Well, with with, with that, I want to ask this question because I asked all my guests, and I'm trying to build a compilation at some point. Um, if you don't, if you have an answer, just, you don't have an answer. Let me know. But okay. I ask my guest, like, what does Augusta mean to you?
1: What does Augusta mean to me? When I think of Augusta, I think about family. Um, that's pretty much what comes to mind first. That's one of the reasons I stayed down here. Um, it's like a. There's a lot of things to do here. It forces you out of your um, your box. It's not. It's not like Atlanta where everything's just thrown at you and you have to kind of. Right. Decide what you want to do. Like in Augusta, you have to actually search those things out, mm. um, and it forces you to get out your box, go talk to people. If you're interested in poetry, I tell people, I was like, there's a lot of stuff to do here in Augusta, but you have to find what interests you. You have to out- actually go out there and seek it. It's not going to just be in your face.
0: I always tell people, you'd be amazed at the stuff, like people that live here will mm-hmm. tag a bunch of people like, hey, where can we do this? At? I'm like, you look at all your life, you know, they had this here. Right. You know, so you do have to go out and find it yourself. Um, I guess it's like, um, well, it was a couple years ago, it was voted like the, um, the number one retirement city. Mm-hmm. So when you think of it as a retirement city, you understand why you have to go find them things. They're not going to find you. It's mm-hmm. not Atlanta, it's not the city, it's not um, Brooklyn, New York, it's not, Cal- it's not LA, You know what right. it's not Miami, it's not those strips. It's a place, it's a, it's a, it's a nice well, I like I love the town. I like I like the culture here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a divide, definitely. But I do think if you can, you know, work your way around it, and with somebody like you who's been different places, you have a different outlook on things. Mm-hmm. So I do think in order to, like, really, really understand Augusta, you gotta leave and come back, or you have to like, have a different perception of different places. Cause my mm-hmm. my view of this. And somebody who's living all a life view of it is totally different. I love right. it, and I'm from Brooklyn, New York. So like, I, I I feel like I'm from the best city in the world, mm-hmm. but I also feel like I love this city just as much. Right. But you you'll find that people feel like you have to go to Atlanta to be successful, no, or you don't. Miami, or LA. hmm And I I don't feel like that. You know, maybe because I'm from a place that people will go to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I do think it's all about perspective and just um, how you how you brought up. that changes your your mind your influence you know
1: right and it's all about opportunity like you need to create your own either create your own opportunity or seek out opportunity from others so
0: right right um well i want to get into some of the things you do so the first one i want to get into though is uh vision and development strategies Mm -hmm. so uh and a lot of things I talk about when I do do my solo ones, and I talk about stuff, is usually from a situation of like multiple conversations and not getting through to people. So mm-hmm. I try to get through them by talking to nobody. Sometimes mm-hmm. that works. Like I find if you're talking to somebody, it get argumentative. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like I just say my piece and let it go. Usually right. they'll, they'll get it. And when I, sometimes people try to pay me for a time. I was like, I want to meet you this, I want to meet you that. But I'm not that. Like you, you vision development strategist I mm-hmm. don't do that. I don't feel like I do. I probably can, but I'm not in that profession. So. If mm-hmm. you can, like, tell me, like, what does that mean, how you got into it? Like, what allowed you to be able to um, give you, not give yourself, but carry that name rather?
1: Um, how I got into it, it's just, you know, just being like you and I were both creatives. Right. So with me, my mind is always going. So anyone can come up to me and be like, oh, you know, I want to I wanna have a an event, you know, and I want the theme to be like you know, Paris and Jamaica. And I'm like, okay, cool, got it. Boom, 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 this is how you can do it. So people come to me when they're stuck. They have a vision, but it's not completely um, clear to them. Or they have an idea, but they don't know how to execute it. So they'll come to me, and I'll just help give them clarity and a strategy on what to do now whether they take those steps or not that's on them but just actually clarifying their vision you know making them see it um from you know, a different perspective. Right. So.
0: Well, after this, then, because this, this is a little bit different question. I feel like maybe, maybe I, I'm, I wouldn't call myself that. Maybe I can't look into that because I had some, something similar like that. People mm-hmm. call me when they stuck on an idea or something like that. Yeah. So maybe I can't have look into it. I'm at the yeah, look into resume.
1: it because it's to me, it's like it gives me. um It helps me to, I guess, release all of the creative stuff I have in my mind. And it actually helps me to focus more on my stuff. So when I can help you, then that frees my mind. So I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me get (laughs) back to this, you know, and then more ideas come for my own brand. So I love the vision strategy um, sessions that I have with people.
0: Well, that's a perfect segue because what I wanted to ask um, was, has it, do you have time where, because as a creative, like, you have so many uh, ideas going through your mind, you kind of mm-hmm. just, you only really focus on ones that you're currently dealing with at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. you, like say somebody want to throw a party like that, right? Mm-hmm. And you might have a party in mind, but right now you're not in party mode, you're just doing other things. You're speaking, you're doing this, that, and third.
1: Mm-hmm. But then
0: they come to you with this idea, and um, I guess they're stuck, and, and helping them, you like, it's a good idea. Say they don't use it, right? Mm-hmm. In your mind, do you feel like, is, is it okay for you to use that idea now, or you just kind of, like, scrap it?
1: I... Sc- if it's okay for me to use it? Oh right. no, I scrap it. Like No,
0: not I cannot use the idea, but I cannot use that, not their totally idea. Mm-hmm. But let's say it's something you're helping somebody with and they just they just don't do it all together. But you like, that is a good idea. Would you feel uncomfortable like going ahead and doing something like that? Or is it like you just let, let let it go? Or would you work with them to go ahead and do it?
1: Um I wouldn't use the idea because um it wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. Not because it was my it's just it fits for it fits them for their their brand. So if they use it, they use it. If not, I have a billion other ideas on gotcha. events, you know, down the line. So I don't I don't use it. I thought, man, that was a good idea. You should do that, and and I just leave it at that.
0: Well, I'm gonna ask you this. So and I I'm, I'm give you an example because that's how I like to use. So maybe sometimes people are hearing it from different people, they don't like it. So I'm as a I'm an artist, right? I'm coming to you. I say. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing music. I feel like the music is there. It's good music. And then mm-hmm. this is like, not some, I'm just saying people tell me it's good music, but maybe I feel like I'm not getting the right amount of support or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to build myself as a brand, right? What questions would you ask or what things would you, um, want to know as far as helping that person brand themselves? Like what, what kind of advice would you give them based mm-hmm. on the question that you're asking?
1: Based on the question. So I would ask them, uh, i would ask them like, who are you? What do you want to convey to the audience or your clients? Because with branding, it's more about controlling the narrative on who you are. If you don't control it, then everybody else would control it. So if you call yourself, um, let's say, a Christian artist, um, or you're just, you're just a rapper who don't cuss. You don't right, talk right, right. about all that other stuff. You just don't do that. That's not you. So people brand you as a Christian Rapper, You're like, no, I'm not,
0: you know, you know,
1: my faith is Christian, but you know, I'm not a Christian. So you have to, creating a brand helps you to control that narrative. Um, so I would ask them, you know, what, what do you want people to think about when they hear your name? And then who's your target audience? You know, why are they your target audience? Um, you know, questions like that. What challenges are you having?
0: I'm going to go a little, let me go a little deeper and ask you, and that's the, what you said is perfect what if they are uh, let's say they're a street rapper mm-hmm. right whether they are on the street or not I, I really would to know but let's say they are what could they do differently and I only said it because everybody do that I feel mm-hmm. like that's like a common thing like especially if you live in a certain neighborhood, where you're like okay I'm from the streets I'm this that I'm that like and based on their music and the stuff you like whenever you do your, your synopsis of them whatever like you feel like because sometimes people feel like this they just feel like I don't know if they feel like the way to get support is to complain about it mm-hmm. or if they feel like they voice their opinion and they're not getting support they're not getting support people will start to do so
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I also feel like sometimes people don't they don't give clear direction of what they want from people mm-hmm. you know like be doing this podcast right I always tell people afterwards like hey if, can you, if you can share it um, many times you can not just share it and and like it that's all i really care mm-hmm. ask about you know so if i do pocket somebody and then they don't share it if i didn't tell them they, they didn't share it you know not to share it i can't really be upset like man they ain't share the podcast i didn't tell them to mm-hmm. you would think okay they should because they own it yeah but i it, <laughs> through my history i found that that's not always the case yeah so i try to give clear direction plus mm-hmm. in my real life i manage so i have to i just i take that with everything yeah but i feel like sometimes with people artists whether you brand them whether you Whatever you're doing, sometimes when people do complain, I think they have done a poor job of really telling people what they wanted Mm -hmm. in return from you know whatever they was doing. So if you threw a party and you say, "Hey, come out," you want people to come to the party,
1: right?
0: So nobody come out. You can say, "Well, I told them come," you know what I'm saying? (laughs) They didn't Mm -hmm. come, but you can't get mad at them not coming. You like you you just said the day of, "Oh, party here." Mm -hmm. You really can't get upset. So I don't know. I I find like I'll be be I'll be telling these artists. oh, anybody i tell them to give somebody who does this kind of thing like strategists, and just uh do vision uh development because sometimes you're seeing through your own eyes you're only seeing the negatives mm-hmm. you know you're not you know you're not, you're not even working on positives right. which also hurt your negative sometimes because when you complain about support and you got 500 people supporting you they like well why are you why are you not talking about us
1: mm-hmm. in my yeah, mind well, that's, that's how i feel are supporting know. you when we chop liver <laughs> 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 so but yeah that's like if, if they're not reaching who they want to they're just to me from the um example you gave me they're only using their music and influencing like their inner circle Mm -hmm. that means like their closest friends yeah your closest friends think you you fire and everything and then maybe they tell a few people who they're close to so it doesn't it doesn't really go outside the block so now you're popular in the block Mm -hmm. so how do you get outside the block you need somebody who's going to look at your brand and give you positive and relevant um, feedback and help you to look at reality. Like, look, um, this is not going to get you here. You need to step outside of it. You need to, you know, some, and with artists, it's like, they're so um, focused on the music, they forget about the business side. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like with a lot of people, that's with churches, um, artists, Speakers, they're so into their skill and their talent, they forget that there is another, there's the business side of it as well. Right. So how's the business side looking?
0: And you're right. And, and just to piggyback of that, I definitely will say, I, I've told people once you get in the space where you feel like you can take this somewhere, mm-hmm. it's very important to start looking for a team. Right. And not saying you can't, you can't be focused on the business side because it's your business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you might want to have people in place to do, handle a lot of stuff like, just like you saying this stuff, the vision, everything you just said just now, I feel like people need to hear that. Like, mm-hmm. your, your friends are sharing your stuff, so that, it, it, that explains why you're only getting a certain amount of uh, support, quote unquote, in this area.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: not around the corner, you're not, because they're not from around the corner. I don't know. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to expand, you have to start thinking, expanding. Right. But that's when that's when people like you come into place, a manager come into place. You got to get a team,
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: have to start utilizing these people that's on the team, and, you know, and everybody, it's a team effort anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely think that that, that's important.
1: And then also just like educating yourself on what you do um, and then where you want to go. So like if we look at somebody, I'm going to say like Jay-Z, like how he started. Now he's like he's a straight Mm businessman, but he didn't start like that. So at some point, maybe he got some mentorship. Maybe he decided, you know what, I don't want to. Rap my entire life, so maybe he started educating himself, and now you see where he started right. and where he's at now. They're, those those are two different mindsets from right. where he started to where he's at right now. So, um, you need somebody to help you look outside and look at the the future plans. Like where are you where are you going? Where's this? Where do you want this to take you? Do you want to rap for all your life? Do you want to play basketball all your life? Is that realistic? Right. You know, and you always having like a what I call it, like a successor. Like after you built this and now now that you worked in your business, now it's time to work on your business. That means you are making money while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's working on your business. Um, setting things up so that you don't always have to be the point man for it. Right. And some people don't like to give away those reins to other folks you know they like true, to true. be the be the admin be the finance like you're gonna yeah, you run, can't work through people yeah and rap at the same right. time you like can't you can't do that yeah. <laughs> you got to trust somebody Definitely. at some point
0: and i feel like in like even what you just said like i think and i've had that in my life recently just dealing with that i feel like once you set set your mind to what you want to do mm-hmm. you got a vision or you got a goal um you really have to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes to attain exactly. those goals because you're not going to get to them and go be uncomfortable. Exactly. So you're going to have to do some things you probably necessarily don't want to do. And I, mean, I don't mean this in an illegal way. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. in general, like, it might yeah. be something you, you might not want to do. Don't do, do anything illegal. Yeah. Illegal. You know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Not, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something totally uh-huh. different. But even when you said Jay-Z, like, rapping probably been comfortable for him. Mm-hmm. Real comfortable, but then going to meet with them billionaires probably wasn't as comfortable, yeah. But in order to get there, he knew he had to do that exactly, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely, I mean, all this probably going over a lot of people's head, but if they take it in, mm-hmm. I think you know it, it helps a lot. Um, but back to you, I'm sorry, that was just I wanted oh, to no, get an ambition good. thing, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> being um, a keynote speaker, and I and I want to talk about this because I just did a podcast with uh, a woman who's throwing a daughter, a mother daughter gala, um. Mm-hmm. Sam. Next, Sam, yeah. yes. Yeah, yes. that's my girl. And she had a keynote speaker there, and mm-hmm. I, that 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 term just stuck out to me, because she got speakers there, but it's only one mm-hmm. keynote speaker. Right. So I'm assuming that I means, like, the main event speaker, or, like, mm-hmm. the top dog speaker there, mm-hmm. you know? Most important, rather, I guess. I hate to say that, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and a workshop facilitator. So if you could explain that a little bit to me, but what mm-hmm. those means, and how you got into that.
1: So um, I got into speaking because I wanted to. I want to be a public speaker. Were you so. ever shy? I say I'm shy, but if you ask anybody, they're like, nah, she's, okay, not, okay. she's not shy. I just wanted to. Sometimes you grow <laughs> I don't know into some, that. Some, sometimes, like, I'm the person, I'll go ahead and volunteer. Um, and then sometimes I'm voluntold. So it just, either way, if you give me the mic, then, you know, I'm going to do whatever needs to be done. Um, as far as speaking is concerned, I always wanted to be a public speaker. And so I decided to create my own Events to give my to give myself the opportunity. Then eventually, um, I would get booked for other speaking events, mm-hmm. and it just started like that. And then what I noticed as I was doing these speaking events is that um, it's it's good to do a speaking event, um, but you really impact people when you do those workshops because you can um, get more intimate with them. Right. You can ask more questions. You can have um, longer conversations which, with each participant. So
0: Were your first speaking job, were you nervous? Like do you remember your do you remember your first time? Like my first publicly speaking?
1: Um, or
0: do you I'm, get nervous at all?
1: I get nervous every single time.
0: Even even to even even next week you're nervous for next week.
1: Yes. <laughs> I get nervous every single time. Um let me see my first it was, it's either my mother's purse and it was like a small event at um, Mac Academy. Um or I think think it was a sermon I did. Um, either one, I was nervous with both. And I was like, the with my mother's um, purse, it was mostly young girls mm-hmm. and their moms. Mostly girls because it was at a summer camp. Okay. okay. And their moms just happened. Some some moms came out. So I was super nervous in front of like these, you know, eight and ten year olds because there's, they I still need to impact them. And I'm still going to, you know, give a hundred percent. But I was so nervous and everything so
0: how do you go about like shopping for and i don't know i, I don't know the correct word but how do you get those jobs and i only ask that because i feel like um first and i don't and you might get you might can give me your opinion on this cause i do feel like sometimes mm-hmm. it'd be it feel like scam and i had this person on last year i told her the same thing
1: mm-hmm. you got
0: people that throw the word is not workshop it's called something else but you got to pay to come there and they give you mm-hmm. this, this, this pu- PowerPoint that you probably could find on Google mm-hmm. or whatever. But, it, you know, and it's like, um, it's just, sometimes I feel like it's just for the money mm-hmm. sometimes. How, how is it for someone like you who, who, or even people, you or people like you that's, pub- that's publicly doing it professionally, is it harder for y'all when you got somebody that can just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a motivational speaker today from now on. <laughs> but they not really they ain't, they ain't do the, pub, the the proper steps to be one mm-hmm. they don't take public course you know, the, uh, public speaking courses they don't know how to write a speech they don't know the components of a speech which I know they are components to speeches mm-hmm. they don't know them things so is it harder for y'all now that people can wake up one day and just be something?
1: no not really because everyone has their niche like first with me um, I kind of evolved into the workshop thing so if it's a workshop listen I'm there um if it's just regular speaking I'll still be there but um I love workshops um for people who just want to wake up one day like I want to be a public speaker you know they'll realize once they get a gig you know they'll realize okay now that this is over let me go back and see what I can do better let me take um you know some classes or some some master classes on how to speak so it's not really hard and then also um it's all about i guess your niche because a lot of people like especially this year most of my speaking gigs have been um women empowerment stuff so with companies so um i'm like oh okay you know now now companies are starting to look at me so let me gear all of my work to that. appeal to them you know, so.
0: And I, I just wonder that because you know you see that in somebody um, bio bio or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and I never actually seen you um, speak. I don't know if you post snippets, and I see some people do that.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's
0: something you just start doing or, or what have you. But um, you, I wonder, like how do they mm-hmm. know, like this the person? This I want this person at mine. Like, how do they know to pick you? I don't. I think it's I think
1: it's the bio because I am on a few um, speaker hubs. Okay. And oh, it's a community. It's a community. Yeah. Okay. Like and resumes. Yep, resumes, gotcha. but the way the ones that I'm set like I don't know how they picked me. I asked them like, you know, one company, um I spoke for Tula Skincare Company, which is an international skincare company, and I asked her, I was like, Well, how did you pick my how did you pick me? She was like, Oh, I was just scrolling and your your picture just stuck out to me, <laughs> your skin and and then <laughs> yeah, and then um, she said when she went to my profile, it resonated. What I had on my profile resonated with the mission for, her the skincare company. Gotcha. So, um, like your your pictures, they're everything as well. Like you have to make sure they're
0: well. You're a br- you're you're her brand, so like you know how to do that. Mm-hmm. It was, and this is funny because like I just recently. Uh, I'm doing something different at my uh, the company I work for now. Mm-hmm. It's a higher position, right? And the whole time I've been there, I never had a resume. I never, I never mm-hmm. needed one. I, I was working there. I moved up and through the company there, right? But even to to even to offer me that position, they was like, "Yeah, you got to change your resume. This is not gonna work." Yeah. Even even though they know I can do it,
1: it's mm-hmm. like,
0: "Nah, you got to change it." So like I had to go through all that. So people, I I, I can applaud people like you that keep their stuff on a regular basis because if you didn't mm-hmm. you wouldn't have got, got that job you know?
1: yeah and now I have to go back like when I had got the um, so I'm speaking at Wittenberg University um, at the end of this month and I mean they just came out of nowhere now this is like a big deal right so I'm like oh lord you know the, the big gun is coming <laughs> now I was like okay how do I approach this? So I went to my mentor and it's always good to have a mentor, someone who's where you want to go. So approached him like, Hey, guess what? I'm famous. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, how do I approach? He was like, okay. Um, boom, boom, boom. He was like, follow these steps to on how to give them a proposal and everything like that. So I followed those steps to a T and they loved the proposal and I got the job. But, um, You just have to, you have to just put yourself out there. You know, I always tell people, like, say you want to speak for somewhere local, like Payne College. What, what do you want to speak about? What department um, resonates with what you speak about? And just, they can either tell you yes, or they can tell you no, Mm -hmm. but it's better to either get a yes or no versus just walking around thinking, you oh, know, I don't know they're going to accept me. You know, you right, all right. wondering this stuff, just go ask them.
0: Yeah, just to put it out there, too, uh, anybody that's watching and, and they have getting ideas, it's not necessarily you getting paid to speak. It's more mm-hmm. than just speaking.
1: Exactly. Okay. You always want to make an impact. So um, Wittenberg is about um, suicide prevention, which is, like, my heart. So, of course... You know, I would have done it for free. You know, just pay for my plane ticket.
0: Yeah, I might, <laughs> might cut that part. Out. I don't know. I'm really trying to lowball you now. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. Yo, cut, cut, that cut, cut, cut that part. out. Sometimes.
1: Cut that part out. No. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's just like I really love that part. I know that's going to make an impact in someone's life. So you have to. It's not always about the money. Um, I don't always charge people. So it just depends on what it is you're mm-hmm. asking me to do, and what the message is. So I mean. I could feel you like. can you can pick and choose like who you want to charge, who you need to charge, or ho- however you see it, but you definitely want to make sure you're making an impact and you're not just you know talking about any and everything that has nothing to do with your brand
0: um before we get into the mental health uh, stuff, I do want to ask you something because you mentioned uh women empowerment and you are a part of, I don't know how many I'm going to do, but the next few guests, and the give it for you, I've been doing black women. So I've been mm-hmm. just looking for black women to interview and podcast with, right, mm-hmm. depending on what I what I got going. And one I'm going to do like corporate America, you know, how they treat it in corporate America. And I work corporate America, so I, I see a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, what, did you, what like? How do you feel um, black women are uh, treated as far as in, in, in corporate America, I guess?
1: In corporate America, um, when I was in corporate America, I used to work, you know, at the hospital. And then I also worked um, at Payne College. Um, And I can tell you just um, the hospital is the best um, example because I could see how I was treated versus um, depending on how I looked. Mm. So if I were to go to work like this, you know, only certain people would talk to me. And I'm talking about, like, staff. Gotcha. I'm talking about the patients, Patience. the the patrons there. Um, but when I would have my hair, you know, like, pressed out and everything, everyone would everyone want to ask me for directions right, or talk right, to right. me. So as a black woman in corporate America, um, it's it's a game you have to play.
0: Can you Based on what you just said, like, do you feel like as a black woman in corporate America, you're working, like, not saying you have to choose, but mm-hmm. do you have to be careful of when you, I don't know, I don't going to say be too black, but like, look urban, do you want, like, mm-hmm. look in the look, like, do you have, do you want to look like a black woman? Like, is, cause that's, that's to me right now That's what I'm seeing, you know, mm-hmm. the first style is like, they viewing it as something else, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they already judging you based on your look. Yeah. As if, if you look like that, you're going to be rude or I don't know, angry or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's like when I was working at a hospital, I had my hair like this. Maybe I would come to work, and I decided to cut all my hair off. And I used to wear a brush cut. Uh, so I had a brush cut. Um, and But something clicked in my mind one day. I was like, you know what? I don't want people to put me in a box on how a black woman, a professional black woman, should look. You know, whatever look I come, that's the look you're going to get. <laughs> you know, that's the black woman you're going to get. Either however I look, I'm still going to give you professionalism. So I wanted, that's why I did, I actually did that on purpose because I didn't want them to put me in some type of box like, you know, yeah, Danielle, you know, she got her hair straight today, so we know her work going to be on point you know (laughs) she's going to be super nice to everybody and then when I come with my afro just in full glory it's like oh lord well what
0: what, (laughs) about what about emotion um standpoint I do it I've seen that a lot and I try to and I'm not a black woman so I can't tell a woman Mm -hmm. how to yeah I could just tell them what I think how how I think you'll be viewed is Mm -hmm. it hard or do you feel as a black woman in corporate America or just in America, in in, in anything you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. you have to pick and choose like when to show your emotion or if it's, or is it, is it looked down upon y'all showing emotion versus Mm -hmm. a man showing emotion?
1: Yeah. Because I think like, especially with black women, we get that whole angry black woman type thing, but my, my opinion about that is if the, if the situation justifies my anger, then if that's the appropriate response, you know, not being disrespectful, angry, you know, just anybody. But, you know, you can have like a white woman go completely off. And then if a black woman is put in the same situation, she's kind of shamed and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. the girl, you should have it. Now you look like the mad black woman. And now time. people <laughs> talking about her, like, listen, this, you know, the white woman did the same exact thing. And her response was appropriate, and my response is appropriate. So I used to work um, with a company where I was one of only two black people in the entire building. So me and another guy, that was it. And so, like, with me, I decided, like, listen, you know, I'm professional. I know my job, but I also, but I'm, I'm a unique person, you know. I have my own feelings and my own mind and I'm going to speak on things that I feel I need to speak on. So during that time um I believe it was um what was it? Not was it Trump and Obama going no it I, I know it was around the voting time. Okay, so time. yeah, election time so it was like Republicans and and of course Half the building was a Republican. (laughs) So they would come in saying they stuff. That I would be like, listen, if you want to have this conversation, we can have this conversation. But just like you don't hold back, I'm not going to hold back. And don't think, you know, we're not going to do this whole black-white thing. We're just going to talk how we talk. So, And and I learned that from the military as well. So in the military, um, there is no – and I like to say, like, everybody is – a brother or a sister mm-hmm. so we would clown on each other it doesn't matter what your your culture or your race is like we're clowning like if i trust you to watch my back in war right, right. then we're gonna clown the way we clown family knows. and yeah so um i wish everyone had that mentality outside the military so it's like you know if, if i'm clowning you and I, I'm not gonna tell you like some of the jokes and everything, but it's just like <laughs> <laughs> some of the stereotypes um, that you would hear, we would joke about that. And it wasn't like no one would get offended. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's what I do, that's what I like. Oh, you know y'all,
0: y'all didn't cancel each other? Huh? Y'all didn't cancel each other?
1: Cancel each other. Yeah,
0: that's what they do in America now, they cancel you when you say something they don't like. So.
1: No, no, it's just like, you know, if you if you clown on me, I'm clowning on you. If you if you joke about my culture, I'm going in on your culture. So and at the end of the day, everyone was still friends. Everyone was still respectful of each other. You know, after clowning, let's go get this vehicle together. Mm-hmm. Or let's, you know, let's go back to the operating room. Like whatever. So um it's just sad that outside of Institutions like that, you have to deal with those, um, I guess, those those red tape areas. Right. Because well, if not, people get offend- super offensive.
0: Well, with you being in the military, um, th- you, do you see a tremendous difference with uh, how women are treated versus military in poor America? I know y'all, I know in the military, they fight for a lot of equality mm-hmm. as well.
1: I think in the military, um, they're more... Open about fighting for equality like if you're being treated wrong as a woman someone will if you're not going to speak up someone will speak up okay. on your behalf um, Outside it's more like every man for himself true so true. all
0: right well um I want to get into the ment- now first I want to say uh, September-hmm it's a month I don't, is it, I don't know if it's mental health awareness month. But I know it's, a, yeah, it has to be, yeah, because I, I've, I've talked about this before. And within that, you also have a, 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 um, a day dedicated to suicide, mm-hmm. right? Um, you you kind of deal with mental health, mm-hmm. right? Um, so can you talk about some things dealing with mental health as it relates to suicide um, that you've talked about or dealt with in the past?
1: Mm-hmm. so um, my story is I have a very personal relationship with depression and suicide um, I found myself you know depressed when I was in seventh grade depressed and suicidal and that came from an experience that I had my best friend committed suicide when mm-hmm. I was in seventh grade so yes it's still happening we still have these young people committing suicide and I actually can't pinpoint what made her do it but she did it and that sent me down you know a little rabbit hole of depression and at first it started you know just one or two days and then it went on for weeks and then months and you know 12 years later I'm just getting help for you know depression suicide and so
0: um, real quick, I did just look it up too. I want to make sure I, I'll be right if I say something about it. September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. That's mm-hmm, what it is. That right. is. And October is something. My birthday is October, so I remember October being something because I, I went mm-hmm. down that one, one year. Um, so, yeah, I want to make sure that's clear.
1: Yeah, Suicide Prevention Month is in September. Um, but you can't talk about suicide without talking about mental health in right, general because right. no one just wakes up and be like, oh, I'm going to kill myself today. Like, no, something got you to something meant. A mental issue, a situation got you to that point where you just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to try to commit suicide today.
0: So, yeah, and I sent you a picture. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to go through that picture because I think that's the best way to talk about it just for me. Yeah. I don't like to talk about it too freely because then you say words you probably shouldn't say. I don't know. You know how. I don't know. It's, it's, it's don't a know, lot of The, verbiage. the best way
1: is to be completely honest and frank with people like when it comes to suicide you don't want to beat around the bush you want to get straight to it
0: well it it has uh it's the picture i sent you and it says suicide versus suicidal Mm -hmm. okay so i want to i want to break We could talk about each one i'm gonna read it out so um suicide versus suicidal so under suicide you have uh considered a tragedy so suicide Mm -hmm. we consider the tragedy versus someone who's suicidal it is considered attention seeking yes and, you know, in today's age, especially with social media now, you do have people who are who are very outspoken or they use social media very heavily. Mm-hmm. And they'll post things. Right. That would fall under the suicidal category.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll just say that. Right. And then you have your group of people who say, I'm nah, just looking for attention to whatever going on. And then, you, you, I mean, don't get me wrong, you have some people that probably are doing that, which makes it worse for people that are really crying out for help. mm mm-hmm. Um, How do you view that That
1: the people who are crying wolf versus the people, this is how I look at it. If someone is crying wolf or they're trying to get attention um, by using suicidal thoughts or behaviors, I would say make sure I would say give them the same attention you would give someone else because here's the thing, like if they're asking for help, then they're more apt to actually accepting the help. Mm-hmm. Who you need to watch out for are the people who have those signs of suicide, but they're not asking for help. That means they're really considering, like they're serious about. And they don't want to be deterred. They Exactly. They don't want to be deterred. So that was my situation. So no one knew, you know, I was depressed. No one knew I was suicidal. It was. And it was a shock to everyone when I finally came out. I was like, listen, I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. Everybody was like, what? You know, not not parks. This, is what, this happened when I was in the military. And it was like, not parks. You know, everybody from the commander down. There was like looking at me crazy like, what What are you talking about? When did you try to commit suicide? Uh, you know, when I went to the, when I was at the ER, that was a time. When I went to the ER again, that was a time when I went to sit call, that was another time. So it's just like I wasn't asking for help because I was serious. Um I didn't want to be deterred at all.
0: Did people ask you questions when you were going to the hospital like or did you just kind of like shrug it off and tell them it was something else.
1: Yeah, I would. that's exactly what I did. I would shrug it off. I remember one time... Um, and, I, and I just want to be just completely honest because everyone, you know, because being honest and transparent is the best way to get through through to somebody. So, I remember one time being at the hospital and I had took a whole bunch of pills. And I was like, oh, snap. This is it. Like, I'm going to actually die. And then I thought, I was like, you know what? I don't want to die. I don't want to die right now. So called my NCO, told him I had a, a stomach virus. I was like, I feel sick. I've been throwing up. And I was throwing up. And when we got to the hospital, I was throwing up so much, I was actually throwing up chunks of pills. Mm. And so while I was up here throwing up these chunks of pills, when they would like turn their backs, I would hurry up and dump it out because if they saw that, oh, I'm going to, I'm going upstairs immediately. Exactly. No questions asked. So I, it, I was still so embarrassed. Like trying, there's always this stigma, even in 2021 there's still that stigma on um being suicidal like everyone's going to look at you with empathy um mm-hmm. you know oh ask her if she's okay today you know call her like yeah. no don't don't do that do it but don't, but that's why people don't say they're suicidal oh
0: uh, the other one and i the other one says everyone feels bad, so suicide. After suicide, everyone feels bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone feels bad because suicide doesn't affect the person who died. It affects everyone else. Everyone else. They're going to feel bad. They're going to feel like, how did I miss the signs? What were the signs? Um
0: they left with the questions. Uh, yeah,
1: I feel bad that I was so busy. I didn't take time just to ask them how they're doing. What could I have done differently? And really, that's what kind of sent me down the rabbit hole when my friend committed suicide. I was just like, "What could I have done differently?" You know.
0: With your friend, did you feel like? Did you feel like now you're older? Mm-hmm. You twelve at the time. I think seventh grade, about twelve. So right now, being older, like, do you feel like when you look back that it were possible to see signs that you just being 12 years old you don't you don't
1: understand um at that age I didn't understand it I didn't really know too much about suicide you know they didn't talk about it in the schools as much but looking back there definitely were signs she would say stuff like oh um if I were to ever kill myself this is how I would do it and I would throw myself down the steps or I would use my dad's gun Or, you know, I don't feel good. I mean, she literally had all the signs. And it wasn't, um, and she never said, you know, hey, I'm suicidal. Can you help me? But the signs were there. So had I been older and know what I know now, I probably would have caught it. But being that young, it was just like, girl, girl, really? So so you don't want to ride the bus tomorrow and go downtown, you know, type (laughs) thing like that. So um, it definitely she definitely had all the signs. And because she was saying it and no one was recognizing those signs, is it kind of puts you in a situation where, well, dang, no one does care. No one really doesn't care about me. Right. Cause here I am saying how would kill right. myself. Give y'all warnings. Like, and no one's doing anything right. about it. So
0: Um, it says for suicidal on the same on the, on the opposite spectrum of that, everyone feels irritated. So mm-hmm. when somebody's suicidal, it's more irritation. You might just you might avoid that person. Uh, mm-hmm. He's always talking crazy. I don't. I don't want to be around him. Like he's weird.
1: Yeah. Oh Lord, he's coming with that negative energy, and yep, yeah, they feel irritated. Um, even the person who's considering suicide feels irritated by you being irritated. Right.
0: Like, yeah. Or they feel like they're bother. So mm-hmm. I think in in turn, really, it pushes them to even it pushes them yeah. even further because they're like. Well, they avoided me, so they must mm-hmm. and they, and they they avoided me for this reason, right, so it must be okay if I do it,
1: mhm, exactly, or you know, this just proves that no one cares about me, no one loves me, so I might as well just stop talking about it, and that's the thing like if you have somebody who's talking about it, and then all of a sudden they stop, it's like, okay, you you i right? you know what's what's going on over here because you were talking about. Killing your and I always say I don't even say you know suicide. I say you were talking about killing yourself. You know I, I'd be completely blunt. You know because that's what it is. That's what you're doing. You and know I suicide was, is almost like a a pillow pillow talk. That's what you're I, trying that's to be nice I, and politically correct. So being completely direct.
0: That's why I read that read the reader because I wasn't sure if you know people. Especially when you talk about certain things now, that's touchy. Mm-hmm. There's just certain words that I don't want you to use. I wasn't sure. I be I don't be knowing until somebody send me a comment. They'd be like, "Hey, you probably shouldn't say that word." I don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't research this stuff all the time. I just do yeah. know a bit about it. But I'm with you on the direct part because if you, if you direct with it, it, like suicide and killing, it's not it's. It's like night and day. It was two different words. Mm-hmm. One one feels like way more strong than the other one.
1: Yeah, suicide. You know? Like oh oh, you're trying to commit suicide. Why see, you know you and a soft it, voice. Yeah, see? why or <laughs> why are you trying to commit suicide? But the word it kind of it it makes you feel like what you're doing isn't going to hurt people who are going to be impacted by it. So versus saying oh you're trying to kill yourself, you know that really puts dang. If I kill myself you're really going to start thinking about the impact that's going to have on right. other people.
0: Right. Um, it's, this, and it's also in the same breath. It says everyone is mm-hmm. present when suicide happens, but, uh, everyone avoids the person when when they suicidal. So it kind of, them two are kind of the same to me. Mm-hmm. Irritated. So you avoid them, you kind of go a different way or you don't right. want to talk to them. But as soon as something happens, or they do take their, take their life or kill themselves, mm-hmm. um, now everybody there. Everybody at the funeral. Everybody yep. sad. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should've seen it. I should've done this. What so,
1: happened and we were just talking the other day and
0: And then we got the status of all oh, you need I'm here to talk, but it's like you wasn't here to talk to that person though. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to talk to you. Yep. And so and I don't wanna make it seem like um it 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 can't happen where it's understandable, you know, because sometimes you don't see the signs. It's not like you, mm-hmm. you know, you're you not totally ignoring them. Right. You really don't see them sometimes.
1: Yeah, and, like, with me, it was more of a, I was, like, in it to win it. Like, I'm going to do this. You know, from the moment that thought came to my head when I was in seventh grade, it was like, I'm going to do this. So there's no need for me to tell anybody. I don't need to talk about it because I'm going to do this. Like, whether you want me to or not, this is going to happen. And so I wouldn't tell anybody. Therefore, because I knew what I wanted to do, you would never know because my, my behavior never changed. Even though there are signs to watch out for, for um, people's behavior, my behavior never changed. I was still doing track. I was still on volleyball. I was still, you know, gymnastics and band. Like I was still doing everything as normal.
0: And you see, so, and I guess my question is, I don't know if it's even something anybody can answer, but when you have someone like that who isn't stopping their day-to-day routine, Mm -hmm. isn't changing, um, just being their normal self, Mm -hmm. so you can't see the signs, right, as opposed to you having someone who maybe just want attention for real, because that's what it comes down to, some people do just Mm -hmm. want attention. They don't want to do that, but they want attention. But it's possible that they want attention so much they will do that,
1: right? And then like thoughts like that are so dangerous because even if they're just seeking attention, um, them just putting those seeds in their head mm-hmm. is is a recipe for disaster. Because say they're, I'm just seeking attention, so I'm gonna say I'm just gonna I'm just gonna commit suicide. You're putting those thoughts and those seeds in your head, so when you do run on, run into an obstacle, that thought's gonna be the first thing that comes right, in your head. Right. That's gonna be your outlet. And then now you're in this, um, this like this hedonic, what I call a hedonic sh- treadmill of trying to commit suicide or cutting yourself or burning yourself or doing something that's kind of close to it, but not really.
0: Right. But I, I feel like, too, when you want um, attention, there's no telling the lengths you'll go for. it. And this is on anything, not even just suicide. I mean, anything. People do mm-hmm. wild stuff on social media. Just right. Right. You know, challenge like, you know,
1: and, and that's, you know, that's, that's yeah that's
0: that's a suicide attempt right there yeah exactly <laughs> so it's all the same I, I look at life that way i try mm-hmm. to always compare it to something so that people can understand when you break something down like to to the smallest um fraction you can mm-hmm. um so it says everyone wishes they saw the signs when someone is when suicide happens but when someone is suicidal everyone dismisses them
1: mm-hmm. they'll either yeah because they'll either dismiss it or they will make you feel uncomfortable by giving you like way too much attention like you know like You just said yeah make sure you yeah. go check on them mm-hmm. so um for instance like when I came out with you know when I was in military I was actually deployed when I was just like you know what I can't do this like I knew um like I went down range when It was like 9-11 was kind of sort of just popping off and everything. Mm -hmm. So we were walking around with full clips every single day, like our weapons. And someone being suicidal, that's not a good combination. So I was just like, you know what? I didn't want to come out and say it because I knew it was going to happen. I knew they were going to put me in the hospital. I knew they were going to take my weapon away. I knew they were going to take all of my protective gear from me.
0: Is that with everybody or just because you're a woman? Hmm? what they do that with everybody? They or would say, do that okay, with okay, anybody. Anybody that seems suicidal. Yes. Suicide, okay.
1: yes. Um, I knew they would, you know, take my my shoelaces from me so, you know, you don't hang yourself. And so it's just like... Having all that, I felt so embarrassed, you know, that this is happening to me. At the same time, I felt relief because I knew I was going to get help. But just going through that process. So when you when you you can either ignore it, if you ignore it, then you are dismissing their their words and their behavior because you're you're annoyed. Oh, there she go again. Mm -hmm. And then if you give them too much attention, it's like you're crowding them. And like, you know, this this is why. (laughs) <laughs> you know now yeah. because they're embarrassed not um maybe they feel too crowded but it's really they're embarrassed
0: it's not the decision they want it it's mm-hmm. not genuine attention now it's yeah so you're trying to keep tabs on me make sure i don't do this
1: yeah exactly and people don't want you to keep tabs on them they want you to help them
0: the last one that says uh, everyone wishes they hadn't done it when suicide happens but mm-hmm. when someone is suicidal no one believes they'll ever do it
1: right and and that's the thing it's like when someone says they're suicidal, believe them. You know, right. take that seriously. Ask them what's going on. Um, be frank with them. Don't beat around do not beat around the bush. That's the the best advice I can give you. Do not beat around the bush. If you see your friend, all of a sudden his behavior has changed, you know, you know a major event in his life just happened and now his behavior has changed. I would ask him like, you know, dude, what's what you trying to you trying to kill yourself? What's going on? You know, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they'll say, well, I have been thinking like they'll be honest with you, but, you know, just trying to be slick with it. You know, hey, how you doing today? Right. They're
0: going to pick it yeah, up. I'm, yeah, I'm
1: fine. <laughs> OK, well, just checking on you, you know, an hour and a half later. Yeah, just checking on you again. You fine. It's like that right, gets annoying. Right, right. Now you blocked.
0: <laughs> and, and I feel like, too, if you uh, assume that they'll do it, the worst mm-hmm. that can happen is, hopefully they don't. But the worst mm-hmm. that can happen, if they're not really going to do it, they just don't do it, you know? it makes me right. feel like they didn't want attention. Mm-hmm. But at least you, you, you took the proper steps to where nothing tragic did happen. Right. I seen something last year, and I don't want to get in too deep because I don't want to be detailed, but um, it was a guy who who committed suicide. And sometimes you could tell. You're not, you're not like you get the news somebody passed, but you don't you don't know how. But mm-hmm. you can kind of tell based on how people like are. What
1: happened. So it was a guy, and
0: I think he had sent out some text messages. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, and I, and I know people I feel bad because they probably went on about their day. But mm-hmm. I think in 10 read something like, hey, if something happened to me, take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's something you would regularly say on a daily basis right. out of nowhere. You know? But he had sent them that day like to everybody, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. But they, everybody kind of ignored it. Right. You know? To, to an extent. Because nobody... Some people didn't reply. You know? Just mm-hmm. like, uh-huh, whatever. So, something like that, I think... situations like that, I, it let... I'm I'm not happy it happens, right? But I'm mm-hmm. able to look at it. I always learn through people mistakes sometimes. Exactly. So when I, when my my brother tells me something if I feel like it's something depressing, I call him, I'll go drive to him. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to text cuz I don't know you might be ignoring me now. So now I have to go find you. Right. And we're going to talk, you know. Um and that's just how it always been. Like when it comes to something like that, I, everybody got people in their family or I know people that dealt with depression, maybe not suicide, mm-hmm. but that all stem it's all in the same category cuz that can lead yep. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I, I, I've always been big on talking about depression. I know you, me, being black. Sometimes I think for a while it was taboo to mm-hmm. talk about it. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, but hey, we don't we don't that do that. I told her what that word meant last week. Taboo. Mm-hmm. She ain't know what it meant. But <laughs> yeah, so I think now I'm happy now that people talk about it more. Mm-hmm. It's still gonna happen, but uh, I would assume just being educated on it helps. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, with you talking about it like. Um, do you do you know it? Are, are there any myths that, to your knowledge, or too many like mis misinformation out there on suicide? Kind of sometimes like with depression, people think depression just being sad all the time. That's not that's not true. You mm-hmm. can you can you can be happy. You can look happy and still be depressed. Exactly. You can be overly happy, and that that sometimes well, screams that depression. That
1: was me, and that was the thing. Like when I came out and let everybody know, like, listen, I'm I'm depressed, and I said it just like that. I was like, I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. I'm gonna kill myself. Y'all take my gun from me. I need to see a psychologist immediately. Um, I have a background in psychology and Christian counseling. So I kind of knew the steps that I was mm-hmm. about to go through, but I need this right now. Like, go ahead and do it. And then with depression, one of the myths to me, um, and from other people that, and they agree as well, but depression, it does if you've been in if you've been depressed for a long time, which is clinical depression. You know, that's years of depression. You know, not not depression um, you know you're depressed for about 6 months. Right. And then you're good for the rest of rest of the year. Clinical depression is every single month, every single year. You know, every single day. You're going years. With, yeah, so for me that was 12 years. Mm. Every single day I'm depressed. Every single day I'm trying to figure out, okay, you know, you know, the Tylenol didn't work, but maybe, you know, drinking chlorine. Like I did all of that stuff, cut myself, mm-hmm. everything. So depression, when I finally came out and asked for help, um, just between the time I got help and now. My firm belief is depression doesn't go away. You have to learn how to cope with it. And coping with it means changing your mindset, changing things that you do daily and being adamant and consistent with being more mindful of your actions and of your words. So it doesn't it doesn't go away. And there's a lot of people, especially like if you're a Christian, like I'm a whole minister (laughs) and I'm telling you, like I still have to cope with depression like however you're going to cope with it make sure you do it um if you feel like you need to take medicines do that if you need therapy please go to therapy see a professional um
0: what about marijuana
1: marijuana mm, i don't
0: smoke weed i just want to know people gonna people probably asking that question right now (laughs) what about weed what about weed
1: if they if they do weed um and and i sound so old when i just said that
0: we did sound wild (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we if if you
1: do weightless, I just show my whole <laughs> real, real age. Um, it's not going to help because once you cut co- in any type of drugs, once you come down from that high, you still have to deal with yourself. You still have to deal with your thoughts. So unless you're going to stay and I'm not saying do it, but unless you're going to stay high 24 seven. And at some point, it's like you're either going to commit suicide and it's almost like you are committing suicide because from from what i've heard this is i don't know this you know personally but after doing something for so long you get a tolerance of that so you go for the hardest stuff and it's almost like committing suicide right. because now you're taking something that is probably going to kill you so but drugs it, we, will we, we, not it is, help
0: we just depressant, is isn't it so it just puts you in that state a little more yeah it'll make you cause you to um, think more they slow you down that you think more to my knowledge i know people want to Mm -hmm. use you know but to my knowledge yeah
1: to my knowledge i i mean not personal no (laughs) personal knowledge but yeah any type of um drugs anything any type of substance that's not going to help you long term so long term means getting to the root of your problems like why what caused you to be depressed what was the catalyst to this?
0: I think I know, like my dad. I think my dad was like that. He like clinically, um, clinically, I guess depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with him, what he does is like he'll 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 do the um, the medicine and stuff until he felt like he' okay,
1: mm-hmm. and then he stops. Then he stops. Yeah. But then he get
0: depressed, <laughs> right? You know? And I I think that that's that's an issue too. Oh yeah. You gotta do what is helping you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not until because like you said, like it's not a one day thing. It's an ongoing thing. And I think Mm -hmm. I don't have it, but I think sometimes you have to like look it in the face and then deal with it.
1: Right. And then sometimes it's like, if he knows it's, it's all about knowing yourself. So, um, I've done the whole therapy thing and, um, I'm very, I'm very aware of my thoughts and my behaviors. And so therapy to me is okay for me personally but I know I can be consistent with something like medicine if I need to take it
0: right right um
1: and I have I'm going to be honest like I don't want to I want to be completely transparent I have been on antidepressants um and everything like that so if that's what helps you do what helps you so and and know your weaknesses so if you know um, if you're a person who's on these Antidepressants and you know um, Anxiety Medicines or whatever you're taking if you know For a fact you don't take it every day like you're Supposed to then therapy may Be better for you because now you can get Out and you can talk to somebody You can get those, um, those Thoughts out of your Head so you don't act on them because every Action starts with a thought so um, You just got to know yourself
0: So I feel like um when it comes to depression, I think that it is good to get educated not just once but you know often because you never know if you're dealing with it or somebody is dealing with mm-hmm. it. Um, when you go to these events, what's the mood like?
1: The mood it starts off fun. I like to keep it light in the beginning, but then like I said we gotta get we got get down to business, <laughs> especially if I'm talking <laughs> about you know depression and suicide like we got to get down to business because I know for a fact you know it doesn't matter like if the crowd is you know 500 people. I know at least, if not 450, all of y'all have thought about suicide at one point in your life. So it's a very serious um, um, talk. It's a serious situation.
0: Um, well, I, I, before we end it, I wanted to talk about one more thing because mm-hmm. I got a daughter, a young daughter here. And it's a Princess Pearls. Is that correct? Princesses, Pearls, and Puberty. Can you tell me a little about that? Because uh, I'm dealing with a a nine-year-old now.
1: Yeah, so Princesses, Pearls, and Puberty is my nonprofit. We educate girls and their parents about um, uh, their puberty, their menstrual. Of course, we deal with mental health and then personal safety. So all of that is included um, when you come to one of our events. It's a free community event. Um, We give away... Um, pads we give away literature about um, puberty and the girls have a fun a fun time so um, it's set up almost like a birthday party like I want the girls to have a lot of fun but I want them to be educated on what's going on with their bodies um, schools nowadays they don't teach you about puberty they'll have a sex talk with you you know little form your daughter will bring home and you gotta sign it like yeah. I'm okay with her going to that class this year or going to that right, little right, seminar. Right, right. But they don't talk about, you know, puberty. So you have girls who may be about 12, 13 years old and don't know what to do when they come on their period, don't even know what a pad is. And so, and, and then another thing um, we really advocate for.